Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Patrick. That's our sound guy, Joe. Hello. And that's our co-host, Giselle. Hey, guys. Joe, tell us what we're doing. Well, we're finally our profile week month with Jared's choice. Hi. Now, who are we talking about for your week? Today is going to be a bit somber, but yet special for me as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, we're talking about legendary Satoru Iwata. Yeah. Mainly because uh, this episode's coming out on the 12th, so there's that. And on July 11th... What's special about the 12th? Let me... I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> All right. You said Since, so there's that, so it made it sound like there was Give some, him time. Okay. Give him time. Uh-huh. On... This episode's coming out on the Monday, July 12th. The day yesterday of this recording, or of the day this comes out, July 11th was the day that Satoru Iwata passed away on 2015. So, 2021, so do the math. Six Six years. years. Six years ago, this amazing man, this amazing president, this amazing person passed away, has left us, and he... God, I don't even know where to begin. Hit me with a question. Well, first... I want to know, Jared. Yeah, take, take, take turns. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. First of all, you've mentioned, mm-hmm. like, president and everything, but specifically, who is this man, and why should our audience and we care about See, that's him? exactly what I was going to ask, oh, okay. because you were saying that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. On his business card, he's a corporate president. In his mind, he's a game developer. Okay. But in his heart, he is a gamer. This is a paraphrase quote from Satori Wata himself. Who is this man? He is Nintendo, or he was. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the, uh, uh, with the is right. I don't know. Is that a prefix? I think he's the guy who revolutionized Nintendo. Nintendo went from small to big, to huge, and I think he was the reason for the big to huge step. I think Satoru Iwata is the reason for the growth of not only Nintendo, video games as a whole, but the video game genre not not just the genre but like the culture the culture the the industry oh man, the industry that's the word i'm looking for he has revolutionized and changed how things how how things are now like if it wasn't for satoru iwata and his influence in not just nintendo forget nintendo right now just starting off at hal laboratories the innovations and stuff he has made and and the things the breakthroughs he he has discovered himself, not only himself, but also partnered with, um, I can't pronounce his first name, but his last name is uh, Itoi, the creator of Earthbound, uh, mm-hmm. Masahito Sakurai, and Shigeru Miyamoto. That in itself, just starting off at HAL Laboratories, is is already enough to to warrant him, you know, the He's respect the reason Kirby's he has. as a series, Kirby as a series exists. Exactly. Along with plenty of other games, of course. Mm-hmm. But Kirby wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for That's true. Uh, him. Smash wouldn't be a thing. So Earthbound wouldn't be a, be a thing. thing. Earthbound definitely. So why should be a we thing. care about him? Mm-hmm. Because if he wasn't here, if he hasn't taken the if he hasn't taken the path he has, then video games nowadays would be different. Our, my life would be different. I don't know about you guys. I can't speak for you guys, but m- we're gamers, I'm I'm pretty sure, so <laughs> it would affect all of us regardless. There would be a lot less innovation 
because one of uh, Iwata's biggest things was innovation. There was that specific point where he became president as soon as he became president, and everything at Nintendo was kind of on a downward yeah, because of the angle GameCube. because the GameCube wasn't doing as well as the PS2. Their handheld consoles were doing great, but there wasn't really they weren't really like special or innovative. And then Iwata comes in and he turns the GameCube into the Nintendo DS. Two screens, one touch screen. Everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that becomes one of the most selling handheld consoles of all time. Um, and then one of the most selling consoles of all time, he's like, you know what? The GameCube was great, but let's do something a little different. And rather getting a fast console like every other console company did, rather than making their console faster for better games, they made their console different for better games, and the Wii came out. And that's what the Wii is, I think, what was really the turning point from Nintendo, for Nintendo. They've I would went, argue... I would argue that is not just the Wii, but it's it's. I think the DS and the Wii share that. But we're not here to talk about Nintendo's history and and you know what consoles they released. We're talking about him and him as a person, him himself. Um, I mean, the man basically became Nintendo. The reason why Nintendo did all this innovation was because of Iwata. Oh well, yeah, that's true. But one, th- um, one of the main uh, motivations for me to do this episode on him. Is I originally wanted to do Otis Williams of the Temptations, right? Yeah. Because that that which I will do later uh, in in the uh, the winter time. But the main motivation was foreshadowing. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the main motivation was this book that recently came out, Ask Iwata. It came out in like early April, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get this. So I got it. I started reading through it. And it's not only jam-packed with his philosophies and the way he thinks about running a business or, or anything like that, but it also incorporates um, elements of him himself as a person, the way he thinks on a general basis, mm-hmm. and just his way of life, his mental philosophy, his general philosophy. You know, this is this book, Askawada, is is like the is Iwata. You know, you know what I mean? So, and I've been reading through this. I'm not done. I was trying to finish up this book before this episode, but I didn't want to rush myself. I want to take my time with this book, and I have been. And I'm going to piggyback what you were saying, Patrick, about, you know, innovation. In the chapter I read last night, right before I went to bed, uh, he, I'm paraphrasing, he said something around the lines of one of the things that will f- will always fail just about is uh, the lack of change or, or not changing how things run because most video game companies nowadays when it comes to their consoles all they're focusing on is better hardware better graphics but it's the same thing mm-hmm. it's the same it's the same square same box the design might be a little different but there's nothing it's just it's, it's the same thing as last time but better PS5 for example is the same thing as last time they're, but better. They're doing innovation. They're making things new. They're changing things for the better. But they're not doing anything that's a big step because it's, a big step means a big risk. It's not just about playing games that look nice, that look more realistic, or fast loading screens, or or fast frame rates, or whatever. It's not about. It's not just about that. And we had this conversation on our uh, video game design episodes way back when. Way back when. <laughs> um, it's, it's also about having fun. You yeah. know, video games are meant to be fun. And 
meant for everyone. Yeah, and that that's was... that's one of the uh, driving forces for the Wii and the DS. This is for the Wii specifically. I remember him saying in this book that he wants the Wii to be something uh, grandma, mom, and the girl next door can play. Yeah. Oh, and it definitely was that. I yeah. mean, I remember when the Wii first came out, I'd have me and my friend both had it. We lived in a tiny little neighborhood. Um, and it was literally like every kid in the neighborhood would bike to the same house and mm-hmm. do that like mm-hmm. whole bikes gathered in mm-hmm. the front yeah, lawn yeah. thing. And then everybody would just be inside playing the Wii. Yeah. It was the bane of every parent because mm-hmm. every parent wanted us to be outside and we're all there freaking playing Wii sports. Yeah. Just slamming, slamming around our so, Wiimotes like nunchucks. Yeah, so why should we care about them? That's why. So essentially he just revolutionized all of our childhoods without anyone really realizing. Not just our childhood. I think, I think he made the focus the industry of itself. The industry itself and the future of the industry. Oh, yeah. I remember when the Wii first came out when I was, you know, like a tater tot high. <laughs> I, I was short as a kid. Don't don't judge me. He's laughing at me, guys. But I remember like it was advertised as like the first family console yeah. because everyone could play it. Yeah. Your mom and your dad could play it. You could play it. Your siblings would play it. And you'd all be able to play it together because, you know, hey, one console, but multiple remotes and multiplayer on these fun games that are family friendly, mm-hmm. first of all. And they're fun because a lot of family friendly games aren't really that fun for little kids because, you know, we want things to go boom. And then you have, you know, like Wii Sports Resort, (laughs) you get boxing, you can finally let out all your frustration in a safe way. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember those days. I mean, I don't even have a Wii. I have a Wii U. And I don't even want a Wii, to be honest. Like, the only thing a Wii can be used for, for me right now, Mm -hmm. that the Wii U doesn't do is play GameCube games. But I have a GameCube, so I'm good. Oh, so, like... (laughs) But like Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort yeah. are already. Oh, I understand. I played them for Wii. I understand. Like, yeah. Mario Galaxy. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. God like, I get it. Games. The the thing is because the Wii did this innovative thing. A lot of games. I mean, every, basically every single Wii game took advantage of the fact that the Wii Mote was such like a different thing. I mean. Oh yeah. Mario Galaxy. You have an entire movement and attack option of just shaking your controller. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something small, and then going all the way to Mario Kart, which is you're actually driving like yeah. a motion controls, car. Definitely. Um, See, Nintendo has been in the forefront of innovation and and rebuilding or reemphasizing what it is to play video games since since the freaking Game and Watch. Yeah. You I know, since the, the arcades. That since the eight, the early eighties, the fam, the Famicom, the NES. You said that the Wii was the first fam- air quotes family console. Mm-hmm. The Famicom was was uh was a uh, marketed like that. It was towards marketed that. as the family, family computer, computer with yep. name Famicom, and that's what caused that's why Nintendo saved the video game industry to begin with. But that was before Iwata. That was but before Iwata. Fam- Famicom was, for... was the reason why uh, Iwata got interested yeah. in Nintendo mm. because when the Famicom came out, he was working at HAL Labs. Uh, HAL Laboratories, and he's like, yo, this thing's sick, and through HAL Labs, he had a bit meeting with Nintendo, and he basically knew, uh, he beca- he ended up knowing more about the console itself than everyone at Nintendo. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, and he didn't even work there. <laughs> and if you want to keep going back, That's you know, if we're just going to say a little bit of his life story, he started off in this path for wanting a programmable calculator. Uh, back his, in the day his first like pro video game 
programming yeah. stuff came just, from calculator games. It was just a calculator, and he and he was like making his own games that he'll share with his friends and stuff like that. And and he would do this. He he even goes to this uh this supermarket or whatever or some store department where they have like computers and stuff. And this is like one of the first Akihabara. ones. Yeah, the, the market city town. Yeah, area yeah. In... It's one of the first areas to have like so many computer things in one place or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was huge for the time, and he got to talk to some people there and stuff. He met people, and they're like, "Hey, we're starting our own company. Want to join us?" It turned out to be Hal Laboratories. So, and then you know, everything else is history. But else is, yeah. The the reason why I wanted to bring up the Famicom being his reason to go into Nintendo is to show that like. Um, the video game, the understand. video games for video games for everyone mentality was part of that because the Famicom the reason why he was so interested in it because it was such like a available option for people to play video games mm-hmm. because at the time computers were all dummy expensive yeah um, the Famicom was like fifteen hundred yen super cheap especially at the time and then like that drove people to it including him because he's like wow everyone can play video games now i want to be part of that yeah mm-hmm. what else you got for me well i mean you've gotten to like why we should care about them but why do you specifically care about Wata? like what does he inspire you in any way or anything like that so many ways really so many ways okay <sighs> where do i even begin okay um little known fact i was in the jrotc program in high school right they're all- one of their whole thing is teaching you leadership and, and this, that, and the other thing. So making you take charge and be in charge of whatever it is you're doing. Um, I rose up the ranks. I got to be in charge of a lot of things. I was in charge of a lot of things. I did this, that, and the other thing, all right? Not that important, but that's, like, basis. Leadership, mm-hmm. right? Now, uh, after graduating college, or... High school? After graduating high school, <laughs> I'm now in college. And uh, when I when I got here, when I got here to Florida Gulf Coast University, I wanted to do something. You know, like, not only was I in a strange new place, I don't know anybody. I'm a talkative person, right? I like talking a lot. And especially... You couldn't tell. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> and especially about things that, that, I, that I love. You know, video games, music, things about pop culture. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, one one day after uh, one of my journalism classes that I had with Joe, to be honest, I um, I'm here. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was doing like a lot of this. The sound system's being weird. Go it's on. all right. That's all right. It's being so yeah, weird. Yeah, we we had a class together, and our professor was like, "Hey, check out this program that you can do things." And I'm like, "Okay." So we went, and Eagle Radio. Hi, thank you, Eagle Radio, uh, for letting us use you as a platform. They're we like, love "Hey." You guys. Make your own podcast, and I'm like, okay, sure. Let's let's make this podcast about was video it, games and pop culture. I thought it was more you running into the doors and being like, I want a podcast. I mean, in a way, yes. <laughs> I, I didn't run into the door. I was like excitedly speed walking while while I was like being led to where it is because I didn't know where it was. So what, what the, my point is, um, I got to start this podcast, right? Okay. This is I, I hate saying this, but this is this is what it is. This is my show, right? I started this. This is my baby. Um, so therefore, I'm also air quotes the leader of this show or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
whatever. I think the technical term is producer, but yeah, yeah but you know, this leadership, this, <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the point I'm trying to make. So it's, it's it strives from this whole thing of trying to be a better leader, a better person uh, in myself, and just learning how to do things right. So mm-hmm. how does that involve Iwata? He himself is the pinnacle definition of good leadership, good management, good executive. And and good is a is a understatement. Is an understatement. Yeah. So what I here's an example of him being a good leader. Okay. When uh the GameCube was not doing so well. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, cutting back on employees like firing them and stuff like that. You know what he did? What? Him and other top executives cut their own pay mm-hmm. so they can still uh, provide for their uh, his employees at Nintendo instead of just, you know, laying off, laying off people. It's just such a rare sight to see these days. This, oh, yeah. this son of a gun, Mr. Iwata did one of the things that a lot of corporate presidents or a lot of just corporate people will never do in a million years. Cut their own pay for their own mistakes? No. That's uh, Jerry from programming's fault. (laughs) Fire him. No. Iwata knows how to take responsibility. He did take responsibility for his own actions. And he was like, okay, I'm going to take the blow for this. That's just one example. He's also really involved as a leader. Extremely. Um, Like, I don't remember if it was when he was president or some other executive position. Probably president of a pal. He he would code, no, like uh, at Nintendo. Oh, okay. He would program on the weekends uh, for... um, Smash. I think it was Melee, yeah. Yeah, For Melee, he would code on the weekends to help Sakurai. Like, yeah. insane. The, the dude has no his entire need week, to do that whatsoever. His entire week is filled up. I just read, the chapter I just read actually uh, spoke about that. Um, he, the entire week he's busy doing his own things, right? While Sakurai was making this game, he asked Iwata for help, and he was like, all right, I'll, I'll help you out, you know? And he did. And he took his own personal time off from his family, from his loved ones, from just his own time to do this, to help an employee do this. And that's not... Uh, one thing that I read in this book, Ask Iwata, that I absolutely loved, and I tried implementing it with you guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he started, uh, in ha- even in HAL, and uh, going on through Nintendo, uh, he would interview every employee twice a year. And at a certain point, HAL grew so much to have 90 employees at the time. Okay. He would meet every single one of them, just sit down, one-on-one talk, and just ask them, you know, how are you happy? How are you feeling about this? You know, just straight up getting to know his employees to then figure out what direction to take the company into in the future. And I, and I, and my, I myself tried doing that or have been practicing that with you guys, if you haven't noticed. And that's mm-hmm. all because of me reading this book and me seeing, get, getting an insight of his leadership philosophy. So why does he inspire me? Mm-hmm. It's because of his leadership skills. And that's what I strive to be. I try to be, I'm, I, I strive to be a leader similar. Of course, I can't be Iwata. But like, I want 
to be him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know so I can't you, be you him. Yeah, be I want to be. Pre- but you just want to emulate his philosophies. In yes, your own life. I want. I want to like really put his practices into use into my own life and in, in my own little spin. You, you know also I mean? want to be president of Nintendo. I mean, that's like <laughs> that's like super end goal, right? Like, if I'm gonna be honest, I just wanna. If I can work at Nintendo, period, I'm fine. If I'm the janitor, I'm I'm set. You okay. know what I mean? So life goal, work <laughs> at Nintendo. Yeah, that is my life goal. Wow. Yeah. If it so, does, if it if it's not Nintendo, it's all right working for Sega. Fair. It's all right fair, working fair. for PlayStation or or Xbox. It's all right. You know, I'm there. Yeah, it's all right, but it's not <laughs> Nintendo. Exactly. It seems like you like obviously very clearly you were exposed to Nintendo early on, but like what was the first oh, time man. that you like you saw something and you're like, Satoru Iwata, that's him. Like, what wow. was the first time you recognized that that's it was a, him? That's a really good question. Okay, I got two things. I don't know which one okay. came first, but I got two things. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, okay. Remember the game Star Fox, uh, Star Fox Zero for the Wii U? No? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I played the demo of it. It is... I, I got the game because I was so excited. Like, this was... I don't know how, how long ago that was. But this was in the phase of me really learning as much as I can about not only Nintendo and their games, but just games as a whole. So this is just me trying to take everything in. And <clears throat> and Star Fox Zero was my real first uh, entrance or whatever to, to Star Fox as a whole. Mm-hmm. And yeah... Star Fox Zero has some problems, but it's a great game. I don't care what anybody it's, says. It's, it's a super really innovative good game. because, it, I mean, like, it's goofy. It's yeah. got its problems, but, like, it is fun it's to have your Wii U tablet yeah. be part of the experience because yeah. the Wii U tablet wasn't used for anything. So to have a game that actually yeah. used that thing was pretty fun. Exactly. That's probably, like, one of the things that people don't like about it because you got to, like, it's motion controls type thing while you're shooting. I'm like, okay, it's whatever. You just, just got to get better at the game. Okay, it's, whatever. It's Nintendo. You're going to have motion controls. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay. So I, I've been playing through Star Fox Zero, and it's basically Star Fox 64, but better in, in some cases, in some ways. Um, and I And I beat the game this one weekend. And it was like, I remember it being, like, in the evening. Uh, my parents were asleep. And I was just in my room. It's like maybe 1 a.m. on a Saturday or on a Friday. And the credits were rolling by. Mm-hmm. And I see at the very end it says, I, I don't remember exactly what it says, but I remember the scene itself is of a sunset on Corneria with um, with either the actual ship Star Fox flying or just our wings. And the line of text saying, uh, in honor of our fallen pilot, or whatever it was. Satori Iwata. Satori Iwata. It, it didn't even say Satori Iwata. I don't think. I, it, may, it probably did, probably didn't, but I don't remember it saying, regardless, of our fallen pilot. Mm-hmm. That's what it said. And I'm like, and I knew who it was talking about because this was after um, his death. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow. That is beautiful right there. I had such an amazing, fun time with this game. And just seeing that, just seeing recognition. One of the first time I ever saw recognition for Satoru Iwata. I still even remember the day uh, he passed away on July 11th, uh, 2015. It's one of those things, like, you just remember everything that happens on that day. Like, yeah. the day Prince died, I remember that. Stan Lee, I remember that. You know, uh, Michael Jackson, I remember that. Satoru Iwata, I remember that. I was in Sebring, Florida with my grandparents for vacation in the summer. 
and um, I was just in my room uh, playing games or whatever, watching YouTube, this, that, and the other thing. I I leave my room, get something from the kitchen, go back, and I see, uh, you know, I refresh YouTube, boom, headline. So Wata passes, and I'm like, what? Who? You know? Mm-hmm. So I watched a video, and it turns out it was the president of Nintendo. And I'm like, the president of Nintendo just passed away? What? What? Like, he's probably been in charge of so many things that I have loved uh, growing up and, you know, still learning about. So for me, that's like a whole weird thing. You know, I was like, huh? <laughs> you know, how, yeah. how do you do that? How do you do that thing, Joe? The... The Tim Allen, the yeah, <gasps> that that was that's basically <laughs> oh, me. That's I never want to hear that again. That's basically me that entire <laughs> Understandably day. Understandably so. And and for some reason, the more I thought about it as the day went on, I'm like, I'm actually pretty bummed. I'm actually really sad about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just Nintendo. He is Nintendo. It yeah. to me when I heard about it, uh, I heard about it like a lot later, like months later. Yeah. But um, I was scared. Because I was like, What's if this dude now? is Nintendo, yeah, then like, what if Nintendo isn't Nintendo anymore? Right? What if what if like the company changes entirely? Like, what if it does a whole one eighty and it's not the same thing that we know and yeah. love? You know what he, I mean? Because he one eighty the company exactly. Yeah. So him being gone, I was like, Uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> so my second story for that for like okay first oh for the yeah. for the uh, oh, end yeah. credits thing uh, it says at the end of the game this game is dedicated to our wingman who fell in our battle our wingman who fell in battle Aww. I know you guys are gonna make me cry it's so it was so <laughs> beautiful and just it was it was great it was beautiful but yeah um, the second thing that I that I um, really noticed uh, or that made me be like oh yeah this is him this is mm-hmm. him was a direct um, I don't remember what year it's probably 2014 uh, for and it was a Nintendo Direct, and they were either revealing or showcasing Majora's Mask for the 3DS. Majora's Mask 3D. Yep. Uh, and it's, it was just like a normal Direct trailer, but it was him talking about the game. He was speaking in English. It wasn't uh, Japanese and dubbed over. No, he was speaking in English. Yeah, uh, he even has like a whole little uh, paragraph about about that learning speaking English, English. Not, not just learning but like speaking English during directs and stuff oh. like he would do that just because he wants to and yeah okay, anyways anyways yeah so it, it was the trailer of Majora's Mask and this is me like very brand new to the series right like I knew of Majora's Mask mm-hmm. but I never played it myself and this is me you know still infancy in Zelda which is my, like my main thing so I was watching the direct. He was speaking. He was talking about it. He was talking about his impressions of the game and stuff in the direct. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to get this game as soon as it comes out. And I remember uh, being with my uncle, aunt, and cousins at ooh downtown Miami around Biscayne Boulevard, like around the uh, American Airlines Arena around yeah. there, around that area. And there's uh, the mall there with the – oh, man, we went to Hooters that day. Yeah, I remember. I love that. how that's Excuse how you remember me? About that. Like, ah, uh, yeah, it's. I, I hate that I remember that. Wait, was it? What mall was it? I don't remember. Dolphin Avenue. It's not Dolphin. It's not. No, it's it's like right next to the American Airlines Arena. I don't know what it's called, but regardless, uh, okay. There was a GameStop in there. 
and I had I had uh, you know I had my wallet, mm-hmm. and it was the day that uh, it released. I guess it was a Friday then, and I remember asking my my uncle, "Can I go to GameStop?" He's like, "Yeah, go ahead. Okay, take your cousin. All right, cool." We went went to the GameStop. We were like looking around. I I beamlined it to the Nintendo section, to the 3DS sections to get Majora's Mask, and I got it. And then as soon as we got to the car, I had my 3DS on me at the time as well. You just plugged it in. I just put in the cartridge and I started playing. And I couldn't put it down. I'm pretty sure I was spending the weekend with with my cousins and stuff. Oh, wow. So my cousins didn't exist for that weekend. My (laughs) uncle and my aunt didn't exist for that weekend unless uh, my aunt made pupusas because they're great. Um, So the entire weekend I was playing Majora's Mask. And that just ties into that direct that I saw with Iwata. And I thought, and I think that's great. Yeah. Wow. What else you got for me? I mean, like, I don't know. It just seems like everything you do is just to honor him and everything. So I try to like, like in terms of your philosophy for how to be a leader, mm -hmm. like you were mentioning that earlier. And I think it's very evident because you do mention things that you've like been doing, you know, like the one-on-one meetings, we can all attest to that pretty sure. But like, has he like affected your, in like any other way in what you do in your day-to-day life? Wow. Because I know that leadership is something that you do often, like every week, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. when we're here. But just regular day-to-day. I got to think about that for a second. I'm pretty sure yes. Okay. Yes, actually. It's it's a definite yes. Okay. I play video games every day. Oh, yeah. Every day I'm playing a video game, even if it's just for a short amount of time, or I'm using uh, a console. Right, if it's just to watch something, to play, doesn't matter. To listen to music while I'm studying, doesn't matter. I'm 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 uh, I'm using a Nintendo console or a console, but mainly Nintendo. I have my Switch and Wii U with me right now. Yep. The Switch in itself, Satoru Iwata had a major hand in creating. Oh, the Switch is just the the what the Wii U was supposed to be. Well, yeah, and the Wii U was yeah. Iwata's thing, but. This is the Wii U was not, supposed to be even, Switch. Not even. Not even. See? He, not only was the Wii U uh, also incorporated with uh, Iwata, but even after. Iwata was already, like, while bedridden in the hospital, he was still having meetings with Miyamoto and, like, other high-top people talking about and designing the Switch. So, wow. the Switch is still something that Iwata has a hand in. So I, I use that every day, right? So not only do I play video games every day, I listen to video game music just about every day. And most of the games or most of the music I listen to is from Iwata. So Iwata made the music. Well, you know what him. I mean. <laughs> like the games he had a hand he, in yeah, and stuff. Like yeah, 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 I'm messing, I'm messing. So that in itself, that's an everyday thing with Iwata for me. You know? But mm-hmm. if you're going to go a little bit further from... From reading this book, I'm, I'm going to keep praising this book, Ask Iwata. He is such a nice guy. He is like one of the most nicest people you can ever meet. Like, yeah, he he realizes that, you know, he has his own faults or whatever, or what you know. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to his own problems and stuff, he keeps that to himself, Right. When, when it comes to meeting with other employees or in other people, he takes his time to actually learn about other people, 
to learn about the peop- the person he's talking to. He takes his time to really get a feel for, okay, like let's say somebody has a problem. Why do they feel this way? Why can't they see it this way? How can I tell them something I have to say without them getting mad, without them getting the wrong impressions? And I feel like even even before I started reading this book, I, I try to do that same things almost daily with uh, with the people I interact with. You know, it's 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 stuff like that that really hits home for me because I'm like, yeah, I can relate. Just, you know, reading this book has really opened my eyes to who he is as a person because not only was he like a very he, – he's a ray of freaking sunshine. That's what he is, okay. right? Like not only do we already know that just from Nintendo Directs and interviews, the uh, Iwata Ass series, not just on YouTube but like on the Nintendo homepage, if you go – in and like look and read all of it or just some of it you don't have to read all of it because it's a lot he takes his time again to interview his employees the people who makes the games that everybody loves he himself is a game developer he himself has developed games he knows the background the ins and outs of making a game of making these products so when he asks when he's interviewing and he's asking you questions you can't hide anything from him because he knows exactly how this process goes so he can get more in depth or he can be in he can be more involved be more involved and be more in depth when it comes to these interviews okay. and and really get on a uh, personal level that most corporate presidents or whatever don't that was one of the reasons he was put as corporate president. Exactly. He knows the, he knows the way around all these consoles, not only the consoles, but like the people. Yeah. And How also, to make the software. He's like, since he knows the process, the executive who put him into the position. Yep. Um, Yamauchi. At the time, Yamauchi. Ex-president Yamauchi. The presidents of Nintendo, the executives of Nintendo, were all Yamauchis. Yeah. There was a family thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the first one. Iwata not to was be. the first one not to be because Yamauchi saw that he was someone who actually mm-hmm. knew the process. And while it's good to be an executive, to be an executive at a game company, you kind of need to know games. Yeah. So how does that turn to me? When I do something, when I'm doing a project, or or trying to get into a new series, or this, that, and the other, when I'm doing anything, I like doing my research. I like knowing what this thing is Uh, you know even after i if i want to avoid spoilers i watch or do the thing first and then you know go back to it that's i want to know the ins and outs of whatever i'm doing whatever i'm putting my time and effort into and that is including people and video games and series and this that and the other thing you know so that's one of the ways he uh he really uh, affects my everyday life in my opinion now this might be cut out a bit because time and I'm flipping through pages but I've written down like a few quotes from from some of the chapters I've been reading in this book that I absolutely love so oh I have a quote myself that I wanted to bring up because when we were talking that whole uh, he was like Iwata was a big person for innovation and risk and yeah, stuff like ahead. that I rem- one of my favorite quotes from him is uh we do not run from risk, we run to it. Mm-hmm. We are taking the risk to move beyond the boundaries of the game industry to reach new and current players. Mm-hmm. Which to me is like, a, not just in video games, though video games it is important, but just art 
in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't succeed in art by doing formula. It succeeds for some people, but art isn't formulaic. Mm -hmm. That's why people like art. It varies, it changes, and it always hits new, like, desires, I guess. Right. So for him to recognize that and implement that in a game company really showed just how... Whether or not he considers games to be art, but it shows that he had this, the right me- artful mentality I'm, when it came to video games. If I'm not mistaken, he uh, he said that, or he he was talking about that in this book. I'm pretty sure he said, yes, it, it is art. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I read that. I mean, I would imagine <laughs> that yeah. he, him, of all people, would consider it art. But So I guess, I guess for, for some of these quotes that, that I'm going to be saying, this will go back to some of the questions I've been asked and mm-hmm. what I was talking about. Uh, this is from chapter one. I'm of the view that if a person hasn't given up, given you an opportunity, it's up to you to make one and approach them. That goes for the whole, you know, taking your time to talk with someone about whatever. Like, if, yeah, if they haven't given you an opportunity, you do it. You make the opportunity. You make the effort if you want to do something uh, and it's this important to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chapter two, he says, I love this one. At the end of the day, what the company wants most from its new hires is someone who is happy to admit they don't know everything. But at the same time, they don't want you to ask your coworkers the same questions over and over again. So that's already like an insight on how he, uh, his philosophies in in you know running the company that's, and hiring that's new people. That's a big one for where I work because yeah? we have the same thing. We work in live news. I'm right. a production assistant for our local news thing, and it's like you can we heavily encourage people ask questions, mm-hmm. but when someone starts asking the same question too many times, it's clear that they're not in it. Yeah. So this this just shows like, listen. It's okay to not know things. A lot of I, I a lot of places nowadays is just expecting you to have three years of experience uh, cleaning tables. <laughs> three is generous, bro. <laughs> look, not everybody's gonna know everything. Yeah. You can't always be expecting that you know some college student fresh off uh, you know fresh off of college is going to have all the experiences you want. It, you, you, sometimes you gotta take what you can get. And if they have the motivation and they have the drive and they want to put in the effort to keep learning, then why not give them a chance? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think I just have one more. Let me check. Yeah, I have one more. In communicating with others, if I fail, this is him saying this, if I fail to get my point across, rather than blaming the other person, I will instead consider where I may have been at fault. When communication isn't going well, Blaming others never helps. Instead, I tell myself, they're not getting my message or seeing eye to eye with me because I'm not expressing myself as well as I could. To me, That's big for business and leadership, yeah. but ju- also and just, just for life. And just, yeah, just for life, just for your own personal relationships. Like, stop, get off your high horse. Tell, tell, uh, leave Brenda at the saddle or whatever. What? What? <laughs> your what? high horse, like get off your high horse. It's, okay. Just because someone's not understanding you doesn't mean it's their fault. That it, It's not just because they're incomprehensible or they can't comprehend what you're saying. It's that you're not making it uh, easy for them to understand. Or maybe Very you fair. are. It's ma- your, your fault. Well, not always. You could be saying it in the perfectly correct way, 
But if they're not understanding it, then you can still communicate by communicating in a different way or switching. Oh, well, you said you said perfectly correct way. I don't think. I oh, mean, there's no perfectly correct way to communicate. That's what I'm saying. Anything. But if you you can communicate something in a way that is effective for saying what right. you want to say, but the person you're talking to just doesn't understand. Right. So, like it. Don't just automatically blame them. They're not going to be open to listening to what you have to say. If you're like, oh, what? you're so stupid, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You'd rather go at it at a different angle. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic quote. Yeah. yeah. For I, someone that's worked in corporate America and has, like, been helping someone, I can definitely see that that takes a lot for him to say that it's his job to communicate better. Because yeah. a lot of CEOs and stuff and people that, like, I've helped organize meetings with, like, they don't want to admit that they're wrong. That's a big thing. Pride is a big thing in corporate yeah. America and just in corporate business in general, even internationally. That's when stakes get higher and everything. And for him, a president of a Japan-based but internationally like reaching... The biggest th- video game company in the world. Exactly. For him to say that, that shows me that he, he actually genuinely cares about what he does and what yeah. he produces. He's not in it for the profit or the money, but he's the there glory. for the people. Yeah, that's that's like his... That's what Nintendo's philosophy is about, at least when it comes to Satoru Iwata. And it, see, I don't like comparing other people, but the current president of Nintendo, you hardly see him. That's with you know? most corporations now. They're so very impersonal. Yeah. And Iwata was there. You saw him. Yeah. Like, he did all most of the directs in his, like, presidency. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a lot of presidents will be like, yeah, I want to be a puppet. I want to yeah. fight Reggie. Oh man! Oh yeah, those segments. <laughs> those were the great. The segments he will do. The, the whole when it comes fight to the thing for the for, for the Smash just, Four. Oh my gosh! The, for the reveal of Smash Four, he him and Reggie did a little Reggie. fight. Oh my gosh! He, he didn't so have amazing. to do that. He didn't he have didn't. to do that. But he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He That's wanted the to thing. make it fun. While Iwata yeah. was in Nintendo, Nintendo felt like such a personable company. Yeah. yeah. Like That's why I love it so much. It was it was so great to like like I felt involved in Nintendo, even mm-hmm. if I was just some fifteen year old buying the games yeah. from his parents' wallet. Yeah. Um I mean Satoru Iwata had no fear of doing things uh, out of the norm. That's like his old, whole MO, especially you can see it with the DS, the Wii, the Wii U kind of uh, prototype <laughs> for the Switch, the Switch itself. No other company has been doing this stuff. Yeah. Xbox and PlayStation, I'm not trying to hate, but I'm just saying. Well, PlayStation tried, but they just did the exact same thing Nintendo did. Right, so right. that's not going to get them But that, that goes to show that this, I would say the second uh, best video game company in the world, Sony, PlayStation, tried emulating Nintendo. No, everybody tried. When the Wii came out, everybody oh, yeah. tried oh, to emulate yeah. them. The Kinect, uh, it wasn't a controller with motion controls, yeah. it was but it was motion controls. Yeah. Uh, the PlayStation had the wands. Yeah. Um, everybody tried to be Nintendo. PlayStation had the PSP. But because they of the all DS. did it the yeah. wrong way because instead of trying their own innovation, they tried to copy Nintendo's. But the PSP could also play movies and everything, which is why I love my PSP. It's vintage, it's old, oh, okay. and I have like movies collected on there. The PSP slapped. Like, yeah, it, it, it really just, did. It just didn't sell well because the games sucked. Yeah. Right? But if they if they re-release the PSP today with like newer games that were actually popular, banger immediately. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it sucked because I remember my friend got a PSP and the only games we would play on it because it's the only games that were good were mm-hmm. uh, Sackboy, which I mean, good. You mean Little Big Planet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, what was it? Uh, Persona Four. Okay. Because Persona Four Golden was only available on the PSP. 
Right. Or PS Vita, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, like earlier this week, uh, I had the TV out in the living room, and I was, you know, for this episode, I was watching old directs. I was watching older Wada asks, and um, and like this, then the other thing about Iwata, Joe was with me. Yeah, I was texting my mom while I was watching Iwata, and he was a very like eloquent speaker. <laughs> right. His like style feel very personal in his interviews with his like employees. He just seems like an all around nice guy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I wanna I wanna pass the mic a bit. So I want I wanna hear your guys' impressions on on Iwata. Um. So I've been taking the past half week to kind of deep dive into okay, Iwata. Cool. Uh, just watching history of Iwata videos, um, just kind of diving into different things he did, different projects that he's worked on, mm-hmm. going to his Wikipedia and just start clicking on every project he's did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely had a lot more impact on the things I love than I've realized. Um, I mean, and I brought it up earlier um, with uh, Kirby is one of my favorites nintendo yeah, series yeah. great i think it's fallen off recently um but I, it's still fun yeah um we like uh, a name change is what it took to get kirby kirby big. was gonna be it, called twinkle popo twinkle yeah. popo was the was the original name for kirby yeah and um they it was released it, people were playing it and it just wasn't selling yep. and iwata took that step to be like okay let's see what's going on and he went to his at the time rival of Miyamoto, Miyamoto because at the time they were rivals. So to put down your pride so much to go to your rival and be like, "Hey, my game isn't selling. What do I do?" Can and I, for Miyamoto to be such a yeah. great person as well and be like, "That name is dumb." <laughs> Can I tell you something about that? What? Uh, reading this book, I, I think is the the last chapter I read last night, or no, it's a couple of chapters. And anyways, in the book, Askewada, uh, he admitted. That yeah, uh, Miyamoto's his rival, but also a very dear friend. Oh, 100%. Right? I mean, it, eventually, also not rivals, because right, yeah. same company. But um, even then, even then, like, he even admitted that Miyamoto is a lot more. Well, while Satori Iwata is very, very well at uh, programming, programming and like doing a lot of things like very condensely or whatever i don't know i don't know the terms or whatever but game creation was never a strong suit though making it making it fun like the personality of that stuff miyamoto was always that was miyamoto's thing and air in quotes he said in this book i envy him oh iwata envies miyamoto wow I mean, go ahead. Continue. Everybody should envy Miyamoto if you're kind of <laughs> interested in games. Oh my gosh! But yeah. yeah, so like seeing everything he's had a hand in, and like being such a Nintendo fan growing up, and at from the ages of like 16 to 19, yeah, uh, less Iwata involved, but still calling myself a Nintendo advocate, mm-hmm. even though not really. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. Um, the reason why I became such a Nintendo fan is because of a lot of these games that he had at least a small influence on. Yeah. Um, in a company that he had a very big influence on. Mm-hmm. I probably oh, yeah. wouldn't be as into video games if it wasn't for the GameCube. I don't video game. Uh, my first video games I ever played were on the GameCube. Right. Um, yeah, that was the first console I ever owned. Yeah. Other than the DS. And then the Wii was the first console I ever owned myself. Mm. Uh, that wasn't a handheld. And. When I got my Wii, I became like 
that's when I like really started playing video games. Because before I played video games, but I'd spend most of my time outside doing crazy stuff in the neighborhood. You were outside. Or, uh, I mean, I st- must have <laughs> been nice. <laughs> um, I'd be running around doing stuff, playing sports, doing right. whatever. And then Whoa. I got my Wii. Uh, and when I got my Wii, just it's not that I stopped liking all those other things. It's that I started liking video games a yeah. lot more. And with the Wii, you're still getting exercise. The Wii converted well, him to gamer. Well, <laughs> yeah, the Wii, the Wii made me a gamer. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th- with that, I'd be wanted a credit for who I am today, basically. Mm. Which is weird to r- think about how a video game company president made me me, but that is how it works. That's had, how... He had a shining personality, he did. A worldwide Giselle? influence, you could say. I would yeah. say... Because, like, the DS and the DS Lite were, like, my first handheld, you know, video game thing. And I was obsessed with those. Nintendogs, oh, I have, mm. like, so many dogs, and I'm pretty sure they might be malnourished by now. But <laughs> I'm pretty I, sure he had a hand in those games. Probably. Miyamoto was released. Nintendogs. Was yeah, he? that was oh, basically yeah. him, his but creation. I also, Woof. like, I admire him as a businessman. Because right. as, like, someone who's a business major... Like I'm, I'm the only one here that's a business major. Yeah. So none of you guys really understand like the perspective that business majors have on like corporate America, where it's like, okay, well, yeah, some of my, <laughs> you know, because no one wants to make a difference because okay, the system works for the people at the top; they're gonna keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And Iwata comes around and he's like, no, 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 our company isn't doing as well. We're not gonna lay off workers. I'm gonna start paying myself less, and. People actually, you know, like applauded him for it, but no one did the same thing, you know, willingly, at least from other companies. No one was like, oh, yeah, Iwata's doing that. I'm going to do it now on my company. And I wanted to be someone to kind of change the business industry and in the businesses I'm going into, international business. I want to be someone who makes like ethicality and morality the top things that my company worries about. Mm. I want to represent something and work for a company that cares about its impact, not only on the environment, the pe- but the people that help run it too. And I extremely, you know, like Iwata is incredible and I just admire him extremely for his entire philosophy on how to manage such a successful business that, you know, might not be, you know, as, how do I put this eloquently? I'm trying to think. They're not like the top dogs. Is that what you're kind of getting at? But they're still... They're not known for being aggressive, per se, but they're still insanely successful. Mm. Yeah. Like, I want to emulate that with whatever I choose to go into. Mm. Wow. Joe? I just want him as a boss, honestly. <laughs> you know, I felt people that. like Thanks. him are, are what's needed. <laughs> what do you want about? Go ahead, Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah, go ahead. I just want him... I want more people to adopt his style because mm. the presidents of Nintendo before and after him are all have done a good jo- good job, you know. They're all doing what they need to be doing, but they're a lot less personal. Yeah. When was the last time you saw the president now? That's what I'm saying. You know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I honestly don't even know who it is. I think it's... Nintendo's outstanding success in those times of Iwata's prime were because of how like upfront he was. This yeah. is me. This is what we're working on. Yeah. I'd like to introduce X game, blah, blah, blah. And then he signs off himself. There's not a lot of corporations these days that have a face, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
if you're going to ask me who's the president of Xbox, I have no, no idea. Phil Spencer? Uh, I, I have, I, like I just said, I have no idea. It's the yeah. guy who's, yeah. I think it's the guy who's in all the stuff, right? Maybe. The video game could, announcements? Yeah. yeah but, it uh, very well could but, be. But that, we, that goes to show. We don't remember his name, but we remember Iwata's. Yeah. yeah. Because he had so much personality and wasn't just bland businessman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the skits. Like, not only the Smash Brothers skit. Not only the Star Fox Zero skit, which I remember fondly, when everybody's just a puppet. The entire direct, they were puppets. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Iwata, Miyamoto, and Reggie, they were all puppets. It, it, was, it was awesome. Um, but I remember this one bit specifically. It's, it's, it's nine seconds of nothing but Iwata standing in front of, like, a kanji that's above him, you know, in, in like, an office space. Him holding a stack of bananas. <laughs> Just looking at it for nine seconds. <laughs> And then he faces the camera. That's it. <laughs> and then it cuts to like a trailer. And then and then that and then the direct continues. And he and he did it again as a puppet. And I'm like, genius. <laughs> that is hilarious, bro. This like, is if like... you were the president of Nintendo, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to do stuff like right? that? Right? Just have fun with it. Because people want that. People want you to have fun with it. I mean, Nintendo is about fun. And yes. right now they're not they're not saying that in their actions. It, when Iwata was in I there, mean, it said it with their actions. Every right, right. every single CEO had personality too, like a public personality. Um, I mean, Reggie just existing. Reggie, like Reggie, <laughs> has more public per- personality than Doug Bowser. His last it, name is Bowser. He's got easy access to good personality. Which His he, last name is Bowser. He did he, a nice bit at when he first and got. We've never seen him again. It. Yeah, he did a nice little bit with, with actually Bowser in like in the beginning. Of his of his uh, presidency or whatever, but like that's it, that's all we got, which is fine, you know. Like we're not expecting you to be like Iwata. Iwata is his own thing, and that's Iwata's perfectly fine. Better, <laughs> of course. Like it's you can't. I don't think you can really compare Iwata with anybody else. He is. I'm gonna say this again. He is Nintendo. He is fun. He is what Nintendo stands to be. And I, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia. It says that he's in office May 24th, 2002 to July 11th, 2015. May 24th, 2002. That's the day after my birthday. That's crazy. Oh. So nice. that there's another reason why I love him more. <laughs> but yeah, like, there's I don't think there's enough to say about Iwata to really get the message across of how amazing he is, not only as a person, not only as a corporate president, but as a gamer. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Oh, I liked yeah. it. I, it's pretty good. I literally physically looked down can, when you said that. Joe, do Hello. me a favor. Oh, boy. Um, we can cut, like, the pauses out or whatever. Can you pull up him saying that quote? And now I'm going to play this without any technical difficulty at all. On my business card, I am a corporate president. In my mind, I am a game developer. But in my heart, I am a gamer. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Did you guys only hear that in your right? Yeah, yeah that's the right. limitations of the technology presented with us. It's okay. Dude, but what? regardless. Yeah, I mean, just... That quote in itself. Like, I'm, like, we're wrapping up, but, like, that quote in itself really, I think, really speaks about his philosophy on 
living his life as a person and as Nintendo's president, as Hal's president, as Nintendo's president, etc. Well, I think I think it's a great reflection of who he was. Yes. Because while he was a Nintendo president, mm-hmm. he he wasn't that in his own eyes. In, yeah, no, in he his wasn't. own eyes, his job was game developer, and him himself, he was just doing it all because he likes video games. Yep. And um, that's that's what it really comes down to. At least when it comes to me, I do what I do. Like, in re- I guess in regards to this show. I love video games. Video games are fun. But it's not only video games, of course. But you know what I mean. I don't know what else to say. For final thoughts, this man is a legend. I think he will always be remembered as a legend. As and, And I just hope he's also remembered as the kind person he is. He's fun, as you can tell with his directs. He's funny with a lot of his bits in the directs and just like his interviews and stuff. He's brilliant in so many ways, and he'll be missed extremely. All right, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this special episode of Razzle Dazzle. Make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show. Subscribe, follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. That'll be lovely, and we'll catch you on the next one. Say your quote. Oh, well, I say it. My laptop died actually. Oh, so, oh you. <laughs> <laughs> Security, get this guy out of here, please. Oh, wait. Video no. games ah. above all. Yeah, let go of me. Meant to be fun. No.